Hi, welcome to an exciting episode of Spirituality with a Twist, where we explore mystery of spirituality and the science and philosophy behind it. Today, we have a very special guest, Layla. She holds two master's degree and a psychic D in behavior and clinical psychology. Her wealth of knowledge and experience in helping people navigate life's challenges is truly remarkable. But what makes her stand out is her decision to step away from traditional clinical psychology and embrace a life of limitless potential and freedom. As she puts it, why settle for being a good enough version of yourself when you can be wild, bold and free? In this episode, Leila shares her insights on how to ignite your soul's passion, ask the right questions, live your fullest life. So get ready to be inspired and challenged by her courage, wisdom and authenticity because this is Spirituality with a Twist. So, Lela, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Tell me, like, I have already told the introduction about you on the introduction, so the, our listeners are already aware of you. So take us way back to your childhood. Tell us, like, how did you, like, how did, how was Lela then and how she has come, what she is now? What, tell, tell us about your childhood. You know, that's an interesting question because I think a lot of my healing journey has been returning to what I was like when I was a child. It's healing some of the wounds and the pains of of insecurity and things that happened that weren't so nice. So when I was a child, I was I was very tenacious, very exuberant. I, I had a big personality. I loved to pretend and just act and, and put on a show for people. I loved to smile and laugh and just get with it, you know? So that was always something that I really treasured about myself. And I was very articulate. I liked to read. I liked to watch shows. I liked to perform. You know, I had a big personality. And throughout my childhood and early adolescence, I, I, I went through some pretty pretty traumatic things. My, my parents divorced and, you know, had a really tough time. And, um, my mom had abducted me out of the country and it, it was it was pretty pretty rough there for a long time and i lost my spirit in the process of that and i didn't really know who i was so i spent a lot of time in my my 20s particularly even into my 30s kind of trying to find myself again trying to find that voice trying to find that little girl who was excited and had that big spirit and, and um and could confidently interact with people. And so I think my healing journey really has led me into that space of, of recapturing that part of myself that I that I was hiding. So what do you think your uh, purpose is? And do you know it? And do you ever feel like you need uh, to help find, you need help finding your soul purpose? Absolutely, yeah. I know it now. Or I'm starting to know it now, I guess. I think it's still unfolding for me as as it as it does for everyone. But you know, I think we live in a society and we live in a world where we have been um, conditioned with this message that it is about a pursuit of happiness. And I don't believe that to be true. I think that our pursuit is of purpose and our pursuit is of meaning. It's why am I here? Why is this happening? What is my purpose in life? 
What is the meaning of these circumstances? What is the meaning of me? And without that, there, there, there's this immense void that we have. And I think my purpose is, is pretty clear. I think I'm put on this earth to, to guide, to help heal. Um, I think I have a gift in that sense is I, I have a gift to see an unconditional love for people. And I see their best. And so when I look at someone, I see the best version of them, regardless of what their circumstances are, because we all have our struggles. I have my struggles. You have your struggles. Our listeners have their struggles. We have moments in our lives that are really amazing and really challenging. And if we can hold on to our innate internal purpose, and we know that confidently, I think it allows us to move through life circumstances with a lot of love. And yeah, it's love for yourself, love for others, love for meaning in life and why we're here. So in that question that I also asked that, do you need help to find that purpose or you think you discover it? <laughs> I think we need help discovering it. I think that people are put into our lives to guide us and to help us heal. You know, there's there's teachers, there's leaders, there's healers, there's guardians, there's there's people that we need to help facilitate that growth and that discovery. The discovery of the purpose, it's it's inside of us. But I don't think we well, I, I think we can, but it's gonna make it a lot harder to do it on our own. Um, and if we have people that guide us into that process, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more supportive. It's a lot more loving. It's a lot more accepting. And I think it can become a lot more clear, quick, quicker. And so if I, if I really reflect on it, I think people do need help um, because I think our pain blocks us. It's kind of like putting on pain glasses. You know, we walk around with these sunglasses and these shades and we're shielded from being able to see our real value in life and our worthiness. And when we're in pain, we can't see it. All we see is the pain. So a guide like me or a healer, there's so many healers out there that are a really big part of this journey. They don't see the pain. They see the purpose. They see the person. They see you. They see the person. Yeah, they see you. They don't see you through that lens of pain that you experience. So I do think we need help. So... What are the, some common misconceptions people have about uh, psychology and therapy uh, that, and how do you address them? Well, I think people traditionally think therapy is just to sit on a couch and, you know, you have some guy or some girl listening to you and they're just like, uh-huh, agreeing, and they're not really giving you advice. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of that going on. You know, there's a lot of therapists that that's what they do is just, they just talk. But I think the misconception is therapy is not supposed to be this lifelong experience that we just keep going to therapy indefinitely. And I think that there needs to be a shift in our perception of this, but also as facilitators and clinicians that healing is a journey, but it's not a lifelong journey. It is an achievable journey and something that we can reach. And once we've reached it, that person is only there as a guide. And we can touch base with them if we need a little guidance or help, but we don't need them to constantly heal a wound that is there forever. You know, it's we we have also been conditioned to think that mental illness or or addiction is a disease. 
right? And I think it's a wound. And I think a wound can heal. And it leaves a scar, but you don't walk around with the pain anymore. So that's the misconception is, is therapy is really there to heal a wound, not continue the wound and not continue the addiction or continue the stigma that there's something wrong with you because there's not. You're just, you're hurting. You're in, in a sort of, uh, not like a, not a disease, but in a condition that you have to come yes. on. People often assume it as some kind of a disease that you need to go to this person. Yeah. It's like a, you know. Yeah. You know, in our in our world, because I am a clinical psychologist and I'm a coach, but I look at it a little bit differently. And there's a big message going out. Even you know, Gabor Mate um, is is leading this initiative right now of of this message that addiction is not a disease; it's a trauma, and it's a response to trauma. And people hide behind addiction, and addiction is also codependency, which is addiction to other people. And there can be addiction to, to therapy, right? Of tell me what's wrong with me. Tell me what I need to do instead of digging deep because you have all the answers inside of you. My job as a facilitator, my job as a therapist is to help you see yourself in a different way. See yourself in, in love and in acceptance instead of pain and darkness and fear. So can you discuss any challenges or limitations you have faced as a work as a psychologist and how you overcame uh, overcame them some challenges that you faced well i think that's twofold i have my own challenges as a therapist right that are often very similar to the challenges i see with my clients and it's ego our ego stands in the way and our ego our ego is birthed in pain and we all have it. And and we look at ego like it's this terrible thing. Well, it, it can be, right? But ego is there to protect us. So we want to control. We react out of fear. We protect ourselves. We get stressed out. We worry about what people think. Uh, we get distracted by tasks that we have or our own circumstances and pain. And we show up what we think the person expects instead of who we truly are. And that that has been a barrier for me as a therapist is, is discovering who I really am and what my purpose is in this role is not to, you know, be the answer. It's to help you find the answers. And ego will tell me that I am the answer, right? Or that I don't need anybody else, but I, I need them to help me, to help them. I can't do it without them, you know? So you think you don't think ego as a bad thing, like people assume that it's really something horrible. As a... I think dark. Mm -hmm. I so think it's mysterious. It's you think fear? Yeah, I think it's based in fear. We get scared, and ego comes out of at some point in our life, usually in childhood. Right, our spirit was hurt. It was wounded. We call that a trauma. Right, a trauma can be really, really big. It can be really, really small. But a trauma is a trauma. It's just a wound or a break in the spirit. It's like a thorn that gets stuck. And when that's where ego comes from is, ow, that hurt. I don't like that. I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to experience that again. So, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up in a different way now. Or I'm going to start thinking in a different way. Or I remember what that felt like and I hate that feeling and that hurts. That's what ego is. It's just our false self. It's it's based on pain from other people. And it's this protective shield, shield that we put on. Yeah, a shield. 
Yeah, it's a shield. It's armor, right? So what do you think codependency is? Codependency, I think, is an addiction to people. And codependency is an addiction to drama. And we learn how to interact with other people in a dramatic, egotistical, fear-based way. And that, in my opinion, is codependency. And it's a triangulation. So I look at it as codependency is we learn to depend on another person in the way that they are or the way they expect us to be or the way that we are with them. And we, we categorize ourselves in a certain way. Like I describe codependency in a triangle, three, three triangles, right? We have a perpetrator, we have a martyr, and we have a victim. We can call it your MVP, right? Your, your martyr, your victim, and your perpetrator. And your martyr is the helper. It's the one who's always doing everything for everyone else. It's the problem solver. It's the big brother. It's the, the protector. It's the doer. You know, it's the fixer. It's the, the cleaner upper. It's the one who puts their own feelings aside for the sake of everyone else. But when they do that, it doesn't feel good. They don't feel important. They feel that everyone else is more important than them, right? But they feel that their worthiness depends on them showing up in this helper role, right? Now let's move, yeah, move as a martyr. Now the other one is the victim. And the victim is the one who it's, it's never their fault. They didn't do anything wrong. It's someone else. They're helpless. They need somebody to fix it for them, which is usually a martyr, you know? They're the ones who are always taken care of. They're the ones who, who always need assistance, who they're a little bit more melancholic. Sometimes they're a little bit more touchy-feely. You know, they cry more. They're in, in more empathetic, but they don't know what to do with that. And they're not often allowed to do that because the codependency relies on the role, right? Now, the last role is the perpetrator. And this is someone, perpetrator sounds so bad, right? But it's it's really who some someone who shows up a little bit more um, ostentatious. They're they're a little bit more bossy, you know, they're a little bit more go-getter, they boss people around, they tell them what to do, they they are a little bit more directive, they can be a little bit perceived as a bully, right? Um, sometimes this comes also in birth order, like children who are the oldest of the brute. Um, often find themselves in this role because they're the oldest, right? So everybody listens to them. They have to be in a certain way. Exactly. They they're the ones who, they're the responsible ones. They're the directive ones. They're the ones in charge, right? But what, what happens is every single person can take on a different role in this, but we we have a tendency in our pain to prefer one or the other, Right. And we get used to, we get conditioned, we get patterned into showing up this way and we start defining ourselves this way. This is who I am, right? I'm someone whose opinion doesn't matter or I'm someone who can't be helped. I'm broken or I'm the one who's always right. You know, everyone else is wrong. A, a false a false ego also yeah, you can say. Exactly. That because of others' opinion, you have become this something like, you know, you are not you. You are just for somebody else, like in exactly. a way. So your true self is hidden. Yeah. I cannot be fixed. I am broken. Nobody can help yep. me, you know. Yeah, so. or I have to help them to have worthiness. You know, I have to yeah. be. Like yeah, perfectionism, that. for example, is ego. And ego shows up as a martyr. And the martyr feels like this is my worthiness. This is how people love me. This is what I have to do to belong. 
this is what I have to be to be loved. And that's the codependency. That's the addiction, right? Is because I have now defined I only loved and I only belong if I show up in this false way, because that's how people interact with me. And it's addictive and it, it's, it's pre-programmed. It's subconscious. We just, we don't even recognize that we do it so much, but so much of our pain is rooted in our ego and the healing is recognizing that. So what is that the good codependency? You you talked about the bad thing, but I think in, in a certain way, the goodness of it, like, how do I be myself? Because, you know, as I said, as you said in the last uh, yeah. verse of it, that if I don't be that somebody, no one is going to recognize me and nobody's going to, you know. So how do I be myself and get recognized and be in the zone? Because people, they want to be in the zone. They don't want to be alone. They want to be themselves, but they think if I be myself, they're not going to like me. Like a false imagination that people are going to hate me. Well, they might not, but they think that they might not accept me. So how do you think we develop that good codependency in your opinion? I think we have to move out of our ego and we have to move into our soul space. And our You just mentioned space. that ego ego is good. Then <laughs> please well, laugh. Ego, ego, I don't know that ego is good or bad. It's just, it is. I don't like to attach any um, good or bad to it, right? Ego just is. Ego is there and it needs to be acknowledged and the ego needs to be heard and recognized. And it needs to be acknowledged that I don't have to show up this way to be loved. So the healing in that is loving the ego and recognizing the ego, but also saying, mm, you know, this isn't really my purpose. This isn't really who I am. This isn't really how I want to show up in life. This isn't really the kind of relationship I want to have. So the healing is moving to the other space. It's moving into your true self, into your spirit, moving out of control, moving out of darkness, out of fear, out of protection, out of people pleasing, you know, out of, uh, out of your false self, which is the ego into your true self, which is love and light and internal validation it's acceptance it's confidence you know it's it's trust and it's waiting and safe so what are some of the strategies or techniques for like this is a question that okay i only i can ask you this i think only you i think <laughs> answer i can answer this very really, really well because you are in that uh, clinical field what are some of the strategies or techniques for uncovering what truly ignites someone's soul Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I, I've stumbled upon this method called the Ahava method, and this goes with Aha healing that I work with. And we use a mo this modality called Ahava method, where you go on a journey to find your soul, to ultimately find your purpose in life. And we do this in a, in a structured program with, you know, steps and, and phases in life. But we do this for six months because he, it's a journey. It, you can't just fast track it. You know, it, it, you have to dig deep and you have to do the work for that. So to find your soul, you have to go on a journey and you have to be willing to do the work to really look inside and say, who am I? What is my purpose in this life? What am I, what do I want to do in this lifetime? You know, what, what really, really fuels my spirit and this isn't just about happiness, you know, like what makes me happy? Uh, that's that's the false pursuit, is what makes this meaningful? 
what makes my life, my existence, my relationships meaningful. Because if we feel that we have meaning, we feel that we have purpose, right? So how do we find it? We have to, we have to heal the break in the spirit. That's the key is we have to say, well, where did these patterns even come from? And we got to go back. We got to go back to our early childhood. We got to go back to when we were we were kids, before our frontal lobe, before our ego was really guiding us, right? And look at, okay, where were these breaks and these wounds that I need to heal? Where did I start believing these messages that I wasn't lovable or that I, I couldn't love or wasn't loving? Or where did this wound occur? And if we can go back and heal that, then we can start we can start loving ourselves, And that's where it begins. The journey is really about healing internally and connecting to that divine energy because that is your purpose. Why am I here? Well, we have to connect to that. We have to discover that. So you mentioned about the Ahava method. Or yes. With your, you have many clients before you started doing the Ahava method, I'm sure. Yes. So can you talk about any successful client stories that you had and what factors do you think contributed to their success? I've seen lots of success. I think the the reason I love this method so much and I love working with Aha Healing is, is that I noticed that healing is really possible in a short amount of time. Whereas before, and not to say that traditional therapeutic modalities are not effective, you know, there's a lot of a lot of really great strategies out there. The difference is it keeps you coming back. And that's kind of this corporate model, right? Of, oh, keep coming back to therapy, keep, keep coming back, you know? No, I want you to be healed and to go on with your life and live your best life, right? Live, live a life that is meaningful and, and, and you are... Confident. Yes, you have that freedom to just be you. And you are transformed in love, right? That's what I want is the transformation. And so this method is is transformative and it takes your pain and turns it into your purpose. And it allows you to see that you you matter. Your story matters. Your pain matters. Your purpose matters. Your relationships matter. All of it has meaning. And instead of rejecting it and hiding it and saying, oh my gosh, that's my darkest thing, right? That's my biggest insecurity. No, we, we take it and we look at it. And we love it. And you get to say, wow, this, this is just a part of me and I love me. And I'm going to show up with that love. And if I can love myself truly, and I can exude that love to everyone else. And then I can feel connected. And then I know that I am here for a reason. And that's the pursuit of purpose because, you know, people are, are very depressed. They're very sad. A lot of people are really, really struggling with, with happiness, right? And, and constantly trying to strive to just be happy. Like, oh, I'm just not happy. I just can't sustain this. I can't stay here. It's not about happiness. It's about love. It's about me. It's about love and where you yeah. find love, you stay there. Like you, you're just looking for happiness in the wrong places. Happiness is right here in the present moment. It's just that you're not, you're not like acknowledging it. Yeah, you just, you're not acknowledging that this present moment itself that you are alive, fit, fine, speaking is really good. But you are just in a false 
expectation of acceptance of people that if they accept me, then I'm going to be happy. If they don't accept me, I cannot be happy. I am so depressed. So they they have a, maybe Netflix or something. They, they just go on the bed and say, no, I'm depressed. I don't want to do anything, you know. This is just... And that's the dependency, right? Oh, I'm going to use Netflix to heal my sadness right now. Well, happiness is just an emotion, just like all the other ones. There's hundreds of emotions. But we have this attachment to, we feel like we have to be this way. And that's the ego, right? That's the That's the false message of, People won't accept me if they know what I'm really struggling with, right? Yeah. Because you're rejecting it yourself. You're not accepting your own pain. You're not accepting your own emotion. You know, there's there's loving acceptance in if I'm sad, right? Like like you and I, say say you you were friends and you know, you you said something that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, oh man, that really ups that, that really hurt me. But I don't say anything to you because I'm like, maybe you won't want to be my friend anymore. Or maybe you think you're mean or or you'll feel criticized or judged. So I just don't say anything. The love is in accepting and saying, oh my gosh, I'm sad. And I'm going to take that sadness and I'm going give, to give it some love. And I'm going to say, it is okay for me to be sad right now. And it is okay for me to come to you and say, hey, I really care about you because you're my friend and you hurt my feelings. This way. Yeah. But saying it in a right way is important like you know what is the right way so you, you didn't hurt him but you said your feelings too because you love that person right so like as a friend so wh why wouldn't you say that hey this thing hurt me but in a good way like you know so it, it didn't it didn't hurt him it didn't hurt you it just went with love just even that that feeling went out with love exactly that's the difference right that's a loving way but if i get stuck in my ego i get stuck in that fear of oh you're gonna get mad at me or then i might go deeper right because if i'm really struggling with anxiety i'm going to go down a rabbit hole of oh my gosh i'm too sensitive here i go again i'm always getting upset with people and then i'm criticizing myself which is often what we do right we're, we're pretty mean to ourselves and so healing in the soul is also about changing the messages and the beliefs that we have about ourselves in a much more loving accepting way so what advice would you give to someone who knows they want to make a change in life, as you mentioned, but is unsure where to start? They know what to change, but they don't know where to start. I would say love yourself enough to just start. To just take that first step to value yourself enough. Because if you don't value yourself and your pain and your struggle, no one else will. But how do they find a way? You have to believe in the ability to heal. That's that's the first step is this is possible and I want this. I can do it. Yeah, I just have to start and I might not know, you know. Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This seems like such an impossible pursuit. But I'm going to do it anyways and I'm just going to take I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my best. Yeah, I'm one, just, one thought. It, 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 yeah. yeah. Is it going to fail success, but I am going to do it. That's it. Whatever happens will happen. Yeah. And I mean, to backtrack, I think honesty is maybe a good start is to be really honest with yourself. If you're stuck, be honest about that and say, I'm stuck. I need help. It's the honest reflection of, of saying, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. Maybe I'm depressed or maybe I feel lost or maybe... I feel broken or maybe I'm just I'm just so sad 
or maybe it's worse. Maybe you feel suicidal or maybe you feel just completely rejected in life. You know, the beginning is to say, this is how I feel and I need help. And then to just put it out there that I need help. And if you ask, it will come to you. It will come. So you said about uh, suicide, the thoughts that people have. So what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to find a meaning, a purpose in, it li in life? Because they feel they have no purpose. They don't know that they are finding no meaning. And mostly that time they feel rejected or they feel this life is just so useless. I cannot do anything. So they have these suicidal thoughts. And mostly this happens a lot with teenagers these days for some Absolutely. reason. As you are in clinical, you'd be aware of these kids having these suicidal thoughts. Why is that, and how do they overcome this? Yeah, I used to, I used to work at a behavioral health hospital with suicidal teenagers for a couple years, and suicidality is such a tricky, such a tricky thing, you know, because it's depression plus hopelessness plus worthlessness, right? So you put all of those things together, and it goes on fire, and it it feels completely overwhelming. But the underlying message of someone who's struggling with suicidal thoughts is that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, that nobody loves me, that I don't have any meaning in this life, that I wouldn't be missed if I were gone, right? And that's that's a lie. That is that isn't a lie, a lie that our fear tells us, because we all have a purpose. Every single person on this planet has a purpose, it has meaning. And they just, they can't see it because they're in so much darkness and so much hopelessness that they're unable to see their own beauty and their own light. And so when you're struggling, that's the time where you need help the most because you are in darkness, you are in hopelessness. You are not able to see who you are in this beautiful light form with such an amazing purpose and, and yes. meaning, right? And this is where, you know, back to your original question, do you, can you do it yourself? No, I don't. I think it's so much harder. Oh my gosh, it's so much harder. And, and sometimes people will struggle with this for decades, you know, go from struggling from their teen years all the way into their 40s and their 50s, carrying this burden of, I'm not good enough. And that's so, that makes, that breaks my heart because that's just a lie because they have so much beauty inside of them, but they can't see it. And so if they can just admit, I am in darkness and I'm struggling and I need help and just voicing that, just speaking it even to themselves allows that darkness to like come out a little bit and a little bit of light to come in. But sometimes, as you said, they should, that you mentioned to come out of it and they should get help, uh, help. But sometimes, you know, teenagers, I, I have met a few they usually say, you know, I'm just a kid, 17, 18, 19, 20. I cannot go to a doctor. I cannot go to seek professional. Who do I really ask to? I cannot tell it to my parents because, they, you know, they feel. So how, where do they, and maybe even they sometimes, as you say, if they know somebody, so they can obviously get the courage to tell somebody, like maybe a friend, maybe someone they love, maybe sometimes even their sister or mother. But sometimes, as I said, the kids, obviously, it's, it's a fact that there's no uh, denying that they cannot sometimes go to professional help for et cetera, et cetera reasons. Then how do they, like, seek help? And who do they seek help to? To God, to maybe 
but true. They are like, they don't know. They, they always keep saying that I don't have anybody to talk to. You keep saying I talk to somebody. Who do I talk to? I don't have anybody. So what would you answer to them? Well, I think part of the pain is in feeling alone is that I don't have anybody to talk to. But the reality of it is, is we always have somebody to talk to. We have ourselves and we have God. And God is whatever you, you make it to be. Your spirituality is a very unique individual experience, right? We want to attach religion to it, but it has nothing to do with that. It's connecting to yeah. divine purpose. Something created me. So yeah. I obviously must have a reason to be created. I'm going to go talk to this creator here, this person, this God, this entity, this divine, this energy, this universe of like, hello, I'm in dark here. I'm like, stuck. I need some help, you know, and show me a light. Yes. And sometimes it's about seeing something, you know, I think the best example I can think of is in my, um, my own journey, right? As I've, I've watched many people find light, but in my own space, you know, my, my brother passed away a few years ago in very tragically oh, an accident. And I felt really lost. I lost my big brother. You know, he was a light in my life and he was an anchor for me. And he had a lot of struggles, but he also brought so much love. And I didn't know what to do. And I remember right after he passed away, I went down to a, a lake and I was, you know, crying and just really grieving. And I just, I cried out and I just said, why, why does he, ha why did he have to die? Why did this have to happen? It's not fair. And two things happened. I saw an eagle, like a bald eagle, which we, I live in California, so we don't have a ton of, but we see them occasionally, but it's pretty rare. But a bald eagle flew over me and I said, wow, that's beautiful. He would love that. And then. I look over and there's these two wild horses fighting. And my brother was such a wild spirit, you know? And I thought, oh my gosh, this is like my brother. He's like giving me a message that- In, in the sky? Yeah, he's free. He's, he's a free spirit now. And it just brought me so much joy, but I asked for a sign. I needed something. My soul needed something. So I, I felt so in despair. And I cried out for help and it came to me. So when we connect to that space within ourselves, right, of recognizing I'm stuck, I'm grieving, I need something to show me the meaning of this. I couldn't understand the meaning of his death. I still don't really understand necessarily the meaning of it, but I know that his energy is still here. And there's still times where if I really tap into my 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 beauty and my love for my brother, I'll see something, butterfly, a bird, anything. Eagle. You see him. You see it, it's him for you him. because you think He's, that's that, that could be him. That's it, the energy. It's energy. Yes, exactly. It connects to energy in my soul. So what I feel, what I, what I feel the truth yeah. is within inside us, but we're looking for it outside. But whatever you talked till the way. Whatever people are listening to us right now, somewhere, anywhere, I'm thinking she has two degrees back on there. <laughs> She's a doctor, therapist, science and all. She's talking about these kind of fascination stuff, energy, science. This question comes like you are a doctor saying 
something like this, it sounds like you are a medium, some <laughs> astrologer. <laughs> a little so, bit. <laughs> a little bit on that side, but do you think, is it really viable to think it this way? Is it even like sensible? Because some people might, in who are very logical, they might think, what kind of stupid, she's, what kind of, something she's saying, because, you know, energy, science, <laughs> I know, they, they cannot accept because they feel this whole world is really science and everything is just, you know, so how do they like, you know? Well, I've, I've received those criticisms before, right? Because in this, in this clinical realm, we try to intellectualize everything. And in the medical realm, we try to do the same thing, right? And, you know, I, I just look at it from in a different way. I have a different perspective of it as I think that we, we function, we function as a, as a whole, right? As we have our intellect, we have that part of ourselves, right? We have our emotions, you know, which uh, inc includes, I think, interactions with other people, like our socialization and our connection to people, right? And we have our physical body and our, our biology, like we need to go to a medical doctor to heal or, you know, a gym to get fit and put good things in our body for food and all of those things. But that's three. The fourth part of this, which I call the quadrinity, which is about holistic self, is your spirit and our soul. And, and you know, intellect and science cannot define soul. We don't have an explanation for energy, yet we are full of energy. Our entire youth thrives in energy. People thrive in energy. I think the soul is none other than the awareness itself, the consciousness. This is the soul. Exactly. You know, this this is the soul. And how they can experience it, because people, I, I find people, they're asking, you keep talking that everything is soul. We, we are actually the soul. How can I see the soul? Seeing it is pretty easy. Just going inside yeah. of being completely empty and when you become completely empty i'm telling you this when you become absolutely empty you don't know anything you just know this i this that i that's that's the time you know this is the soul this is and, because that's the you you are aware that you are alive yes. this world you are aware of this world this world then it's an illusion because the day you close your eyes the world is an illusion it just got away and the, the day you open your eye, this awareness comes, this, the soul, it tells you, oh, this is the world, this is this laptop, I'm seeing this, you know, beautiful person on the other side, and etc. So this this awareness of the soul, life, people keep asking, what is life? Life is just, you, you're living it already, and you're asking, what is life? You're experiencing it, you're asking, what is life? This is a, such an absurd stupidity. And it, it because it because we have always postponing life we are always living in the future we are not living in the moment we always postponing that we live tomorrow we live some when this somebody comes in our life this something happens while well, we have to live right now and when we don't do that what happens in the end we regret and i think we get lost yeah we get a little lost and you know i i think that a lot of professionals in my field you know, might not agree with me from this approach, you know, which maybe that sets me apart. It certainly sets this, this method apart. You know, this aha healing is different. It's a little bit more mystical. Um, but I, I think that when we try to compartmentalize healing in one area only, then that's our ego. And that prevents me from helping my clients really 
find themselves and find their meaning. If I if I think that I have all of the answers and it's only intellectual and I have to understand all of it, that doesn't work. And that's going that's going to make me the key, right? And I'm not the key. I'm just I'm just a shell here to help that. I might have, you know, degrees for it and I can help in a way that might be a little bit more advanced, right? And there's times where I have to go get advanced help too. You know, if I get sick, I have to go to a specialist. I don't I don't go to my mechanic when I have a sinus infection, you know? I go to the right practitioner, the right person, the right professional for that. But I think healing is holistic. And we have to look at the spirit. We have to look at something that is beyond our capability of understanding. Because just like you said, it's just an eye. It's just an energy. It is who you are. It is how you connect. Recognize it. Yeah, Recognize. you can't explain that. It just is. Experience it. Yeah. You can just it cannot be described because it is not something to be described. It is something to be lived on. Exactly. So you keep talking about this Ahava method and you, you seem to be pretty attached with it as well as individual. <laughs> so how did you... Like you were doing this psychological thing. So when did you decide you want to do this? How did you discover it? What was the sign for you that I want to create something uh, like this? And how did you, you know, created the Ahava method? When did you do, did that? Um, so I actually didn't create it. Um, Janice Taylor oh. created it. So I am one of her one of her healers. And um, how I found it was I I am in my PhD program. So I almost a doctor, <laughs> but I, I still have about a, a semester left in my journey, but I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. So I've been working as a therapist for the past six years. And I felt, I felt really frustrated. You know, I, I learned the ins and outs of psychology of how to be a therapist. I learned all these different kinds of strategies and healings and, you know, modalities to be a therapist in all kinds of setting, private practice, hospital. Yeah, I worked at a psychiatric ward. I worked with teens. I worked with children. My frustration was that I wasn't seeing transformation. I wasn't seeing the healing. And I think the reason for that is that because we weren't acknowledging the spirit, which is where the wound is. The wound is in the spirit. The wound is in our soul. The wound is in something that only you know. And here I am trying to be the know-all. I can't do that. And so... I'm, I'm still, you know, getting my PhD, but I, I wanted to find something else that would complement this missing component for me and this missing component missing for piece. the, yeah, the missing piece for the people I was working with because so many of them and, you know, were really, really hurting. And, and I worked with, with, you know, adolescents and children with very complex childhood trauma, you know, assaults and suicidality and self-harm and, and, you know, suicides and deaths and accidents and trafficking and I mean really horrible things right and they weren't healing and I, I kept thinking to myself what am I doing why am I spending all of this time in this capacity here where I'm I'm not really helping them heal because they walk away with this oozing wound still there have they gotten a little bit better sure you know are they taking medication now sure are they going to keep going to therapy? Sure. But are they really transforming their pain? No. Living the life? Yeah. Do they feel love for themselves? Maybe a little bit. 
Do they still have nightmares? Yeah. I mean, it just, it didn't give me my meaning to be a healer. To You felt your purpose is... Yeah. So how I found AHA Healing is I went on a journey <laughs> of finding my purpose of how can I use all of this training that I have and all of this passion to help people because I'm very passionate about what I do and I love what I do. I love the work that I do, but I want to be effective. I want it to be meaningful. And so I went on a hunt you know, to, to find the right missing piece. And for me, this was the missing piece was this allows me to look at the person as a whole in all four parts and to target all four parts, which in traditional therapy, I wasn't able to do that. Just like you said, it's too mystical. You know, it's, yeah, you can't talk about that stuff in, in your therapy. So sometimes <laughs> as, you, as you now believe that where science ends, the journey begins. Yeah. I, where, where the, I believe that where the science, this, this thing ends, there's the mystery begins, this new journey of discovery on yourself. Absolutely. That... And allow yourself, allowing yourself to really go on to that journey just for yourself right? You're just on this for you. And there's no definition. There's no limits. You know, your, your beautiful purpose is waiting for you. You just have to go find it. You know, you have to just take the step mm -hmm. and you know what happens? Like we think usually we cannot do this. We cannot do that. But once we did that, we may complete it or may fail in it, but maybe when we complete it, we think we look back and say, like maybe you five years from home, you, you just think, how will I do this? Take read so hard, all this, so much study. You know how it is in the so much, you know, I know some lawyers, they have to do, they are uh, doing the LLB, so much books, but they do it and they get the degree and they feel, man, how did I did that? So see, when you do it complete, you cannot believe that I, I could do it. That means you have unlimited amount of potential. Exactly. You just have to acknowledge it and take the step rather than this this mind who's taking control of you, take a, move that mind away, take this INS soul out and go on that journey. It's time. Yeah, and believe I can do this. I can do this. That's that. So what questions would you have for me or for the listeners that they should ask themselves? Give me some questions that listeners should ask themselves after this podcast. They should ask something. Well, I think, uh, are you? feeling stuck is the first question do you feel like you have found your meaning do you feel that you are living in your purpose and if the answer is no instead of saying well i can't find that or i can't do that or i don't deserve that that's no let's stop that that's that's a lie instead of asking yourself the question what do i need to go get it what do I need to go find it? And start listening. Start listening to, to yourself. Start listening to your needs. And in yourself and to the universe, I think we have to we have to connect. We have to connect to other people too, of asking the right questions, right? But we have to just start with, am I in my purpose? Am I hurting? Am I acknowledging that pain? Or am I ignoring it? Am I stuffing it? Am I, uh, you know, filling it with other things? Do I really have that meaningful satisfaction in my soul? And if the answer is no, which a lot of times it will be, 
there's a help out there and you can get it. You just have to believe that it's right there for you. It's yeah. right there. It's right there. So finally, can you share with us a, a sneak peek of anything, any upcoming projects or initiative that you're working on after this Ahava method? Or this is the only thing that you're currently just focused on? Or you, you have some other higher plans <laughs> that you think, oh, I need to, <laughs> like you said, the men said the degree, but I, uh, so is there some? No, I think now that I, now that I am listening to my own purpose in life, right, and really being free to just help people without the restrictions of that and doing this more in a coaching capacity as a therapeutic coach. A um, couple projects that I have, I'm doing some workshops on like self-esteem because that's a big piece of this, right? Of, of How can I feel better about myself? How can I love myself? So I have a self-esteem uh, workshop on Eventbrite. Um, I have a couple other ones coming up. So workshop, group coaching, um, a lot of those initiatives, but I, I use the Ahava method, but I also use a lot of other coaching things. So I do like a lot of mindfulness and meditation training. Um, I'd love to do a retreat sometime, but that's in the future. <laughs> but I, I post a lot of website, uh, website events um, on Eventbrite or on my website or on my Instagram. So there's lots of things out there, but I focus a lot more on the transformation in the soul. And so what that would be is self-confidence, boundaries, trust, you know, uh, using your voice, finding more meaning, you know, discovering some of those things, unwrapping negative beliefs. There's there's lots and lots of things that I work on. So if somebody after listening to this podcast questioned themselves and they think, maybe I need yeah. help. Okay. And maybe somebody finds it in themselves maybe it's some somebody seeks some professional yeah. help but maybe if they want to come to you <laughs> so how would they know more about you discover about you can you tell us that how we can find so my website is um is www.laylayanina.com so it's l you drop that in yeah the you gotta drop that in there that's hard to spell yeah um, i'm on instagram as well um under eudaimonia coaching which you can put in the handle as well um, but I'm I'm here to help, you know, really, I, I'm, I'm, I love what I do. And there's a lot of great coaches out there. There's a lot of great therapists out there, but there's also a lot of wacky ones, you know, and I think for the listeners, I would want them to, to know to trust themselves more than they give themselves credit is when you feel connected to someone or drawn to someone. I've heard people on podcasts and I'm like, oh man, I just want to know this person. There's a reason for that. That's the energy. That's what we're talking about. That's that That's that call, right? Of If you're listening yeah. to me right now and you're like, oh man, I need a little bit of what she's got, then there's probably a reason for that. And if you're listening, you're like, eh, that's cool, then that's okay too. But I think that that energetic connection is is because there's something waiting for you, right? To and be discovered, waiting to be discovered. discovered. Yeah. And if it's not me, it could be somebody else. Yeah. You have to start paying attention to, to the... Yeah. Uh, the calls to the, the calls, callings. little knocks on our signs. Yeah. Yeah. But so you have to believe in them. You, you do. have to you do. a little bit faith. And it is not something really, you know, as some kind of fantasy. It's just about, it is just like a simple psycho psychology that, you know, in, we say, if you don't are uh, like self-confident, you can achieve things. You have to be like, if you see these big football players, uh, soccer players. Yeah. You call that in soccer there, I think. 
So in America, it's called soccer, it's here, football. So they like Ronaldo, Messi. They all say that I am the best. They they never say, you know, oh, no, this player is better than me. They say they are the best. It's not some kind of ego. They have proclaimed because they have to be like this, have to be in, in the cell that I am the best player. I have to play the best because I am the Yeah. Sometimes it could be labeled as a false. So people think it is attitude, but no. It is there that they know they are the best player and they play their best. That's how they do it, you know. Exactly. But if you keep talking negative, yeah, no, this is better. He is better. He looks better. He, everything. He is better. I am. I am just different. My wife says, like some people even criticize their own wife. That this wife, my wife is so dull. Yeah, you know, criticism. <laughs> you know, and part of it is sometimes we can't see it and we can't believe it. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's just a, I want more. I want more. I, I don't want to feel this way. I want to, there has to be more than what I'm experiencing yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. You know, one of the initiatives that I'm taking is I'm, I'm in the process of opening up um, what's called a Soul Shine Institute. Uh-huh. They took soul and like sunshine together. It's Soul Shine <laughs> Institute because <laughs> I think my <laughs> shines now and I love that. And I want to help other people find this, the shine in their soul. So Soul Shine Institute is where I do a lot of my individual coaching and a lot of me workshops. And um, for the entire journey, if you just feel really, really stuck, you know, I think that uh, AHA Healing could be a really great place to start that. But that's the whole journey, you know. So it really just depends what somebody, what someone needs, you know. But if we keep pretending that we can do this alone, then we're going to be alone. False wall, a false wall. If we create that false wall around you that, you know. And you'll keep being alone and you'll keep feeling alone. We don't have to be alone. You know, there's a lot. We can be with the world. We can, you know. Being alone is really powerful if you know how to fight it. You know, being alone is a great thing. You can know more about yourself. But you have to first understand this loneliness. Because if you don't, you will fall in the darkness of that loneliness. While there is light too. Because a journey is always alone. Others can show you. But journey is always alone. Healing journeys are, are, are an alone experience. They really, you know, the loneliness though is the darkness, right? It once we are connected to love, we don't really feel alone anymore. Yeah. Even when we are by ourselves, we don't feel alone. We feel connected. Yeah, just in our in our enjoyment. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah. So what what question would I have for you? I would say from your perspective, right, mm-hmm. as as this person facilitating this podcast, what do you think needs to be the question for people to ask themselves to go get help well if you ask, uh, what do you said what's what do you think they need to ask themselves if they need help well i think they need to as you said as you mentioned the same thing but i think they need to first of all accept that they are what they are they need to accept this mm-hmm. because if they don't accept this they cannot continue any longer like this first of all accept yeah. that this is where i am this is who I am. And yes, this accept that. Accept the truth that I am this. I cannot change that. Like if it's something, some kind of a physical thing, you know, what I can change is my behavior to my, my attitude towards this certain kind of pattern that I have developed, you know. And if you have some regrets, everybody does, regrets, traumas, it's gone. 
you have to come back now. You have to come back in the present. How long will you sleep in that darkness? It's time to wake up. That soul is calling you. Your eyeness is calling you. But you are keep putting it away because you can. You are so powerful. You just, you know, I will not. I will not. And slowly for eat you up. That darkness will eat you up. Yeah. So my message to everyone is not to ask. It's to just do it. It's the time. There will be never a right time. If somebody tells you this will be the right time, biggest mistake. Right time, there's no right time. This is the right time. Right now is the time to take the action. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is only the present. So take that. See, you have the passion to fire too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 this is my personal belief that I... Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So I love that. So my last question to you is, long mm -hmm. journey, still any regrets that you think you still fight still any pain it, I, it's honest uh, question to you this this yeah. darkness i yeah i struggle i struggle often you know i think my my biggest hold back um or barrier is sometimes i am afraid to show up in my full power in my full um soul i guess i should say Sometimes I still struggle with with the insecurity, you know, is this really yeah. who I am or yeah. is this really where I should be or is this really working? Sometimes that discouragement still comes over me and I have to do the same things that I'm expecting my clients to do. If I can't do it myself, I certainly can't expect anyone else. You know, so I have to I have to lead as an example. And I have to acknowledge that my ego is strong sometimes too. I, I love to control things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do. I am bossy. Like, you know, my boyfriend will tell you I'm bossy. My kids will tell you I'm bossy, you know. So I struggle with that sometimes of relinquishing the control and letting people stay in their own lane. <laughs> you know, so I have to check myself just like everybody else. Um, and I have to ask myself those same questions. And I think that, you know, that humility sometimes can be really challenging. What is the most beautiful moment of your life, you think? The most beautiful moment? Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, I don't know that it's so much a moment as it is a feeling. I think the most beautiful moments of my life have been moments of true, pure connection and love. So I could think of a couple, yeah. you know, when yeah. my children were born. Or when my children experience, you know, a big thing in their life, like a graduation or a dance or a good grade, or, you know, when you really hug someone, you know, like, yeah. Really them. yeah, and you have that just love connection. Or, you know, it's something small sometimes, like uh, watching snowfall, you know, but it's it's connection. I think that those are the most beautiful moments is when you can really connect to love and you feel it you know and you can't deny that when you feel it there's not really how do you explain love you just you feel it <laughs> love cannot be explained love can just be experienced and love is not for everybody so love love comes down on some people you know you need to accept that also what? because people and you know I, I tell you this really great thing I think I should tell you this I should tell to our listeners today too you will read romantic books, you would watch romantic movies, you would, watch, you would read a whole library over love. And but what's the point? 
if you haven't experienced it. Yeah. You keep thinking about the apple, but you haven't eaten, eaten it. it. Yeah. Imagine all the way, but you have to eat it. to experience. And as I said, love is for everybody, but it, is, it does not fall on everybody. Yeah. Right. You have to just, so that's one thing that you should know, but know yourself that inside you, there is a huge unlimited amount of source of love because the reason you are born is also the love. Yeah. yeah the reason, the whole reason. The source <laughs> of your birth is yeah. love. The yeah, source of that's your birth exactly the reason we're all so that's when, born yeah. to be loved, yes. to feel and experience love. That's, that's, that's kind of the ultimate purpose, right? So if we can start to see those moments, I think those are the most beautiful because when you see yes. somebody really living in that loving space, that, that to me, ah, that just bursts my heart right at, wide open. <laughs> thanks for saying that <laughs> yeah as I said love is right like now we are talking it's just this conversation is a sort of love to be exchanging this energy yeah. you know it's like we no one's listening to us right now and by doing this right now but so, now when we this goes on somebody going to listen but it's just conversation you and between me there's no here and there and we have yeah. to be you know focused and that's why it's also important I guess to focus on this one or two things you focus on 10 different things yeah stop doing that focus on one this thing that this is what i want yeah find that and start working that is law of attraction is working <laughs> yes keep working it's not a come it will only come if you keep working on it uh, consistently yeah so thank you so much i guess i mean i don't know how to like this is such an amazing conversation just thank you for uh, so much uh, for joining today on the show lilia no, thank you so much for having me on your show okay so your insights were incredibly valuable you know and the knowledge that you given to everybody that who is listening it right now and to me also that i think uh your view of viewing life is such a uh, amazing and i felt we are so <laughs> yeah. alike in that uh, yes. way i also so I really appreciate that you come on and decided to even um, share this to the world because I, I, I that's the reason I'm also doing this yes. podcast that people can just put this knowledge and Spread find the word, a new purpose. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Healing is possible, possible. So I appreciate you having me on and being passionate in your pursuits as well. So um, you're on the right track and I appreciate your enthusiasm. Thank you for tuning into Spirituality with the Twist today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and gained some valuable insights from it. As we wrap up, remember that spirituality and philosophy and science are not separate entities, but rather interconnected aspects of our search for deeper understanding. Keep questioning, keep exploring, and always trust your inner wisdom. And if you would like to support the show and buy me a coffee, you can find the link in the show notes. And also, don't forget to connect with me on my social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter where I share reels and behind the scenes content from the podcast. And I love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's episode. And if you hadn't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And you can also watch the conversation with the video version on our YouTube channel. So once again, thanks for joining us today. And remember to keep seeking the truth, wherever it may lead you. See you next time.